Thank you for tuning in to RadiCards.com. I'm your host, Patrick Reno, and today I have with us uh, Ryan Daly. He's been on the show before a couple of times. We've talked um, at length about a variety of different things. Um, I've known Ryan for, for quite a few years now. He's a, he's a good friend of mine. So today we're going to be talking about baseball uh, players, three of them, that are doing well. They're, um, I guess they're relatively new players. All these guys are in their mid-20s. Um, and, you know, Ryan's going to sort of take the conversation and talk about player performance. I'm going to then um, uh, couple that with a conversation of, of um, auction performance for the player's cards. And we have three players, so the three conversations on the player performance, three conversations on cards. And we're just going to kind of go from there. So, Ryan, why don't you start us off? All right, yeah, thanks for having me back on the podcast. Um, I think this is a cool topic to kind of get into, kind of blending the hobby and fantasy sports. Um, uh, I'm actually surprised Topps hasn't really tried to cash in on it because fantasy, the, the whole industry is, um, it's growing quite exponentially and it's getting very popular. Um, so I think it's a really cool area to explore. Um, and I chose three guys that largely went undrafted in a lot of leagues um, unless you had like a crystal ball or something, there was no way of knowing that these three guys would be where they're at right now. Um, and they're all young and they all play for teams that are sort of in what you would call a rebuilding um, process. So a lot of the younger guys are getting some playing time and opportunities to sort of showcase their talent. Um, first guy is Tim Anderson. He is shortstop for the White Sox. Um, I own him on a couple of my fantasy teams, <clears throat> but I certainly didn't draft him. He just sort of broke out at the beginning of April. And um, shortstop, as we all know, is, is kind of a defensive-heavy position, and it's always just a plus when they are offensively productive as well. And that's what Tim Anderson has done, or at least that's what he was doing at the beginning of the month. Um and so he shares the middle infield with Yohan Moncada, who we all know is probably like the top prospect from last year. Um, but his performance has sort of started to peter out a little bit. It's it's taken a dip at the end of April, and you can, I'm sure if you you've seen on eBay, the completed listings have, have dipped as we've gotten closer to the end of the first month of baseball. Well, you know, I I, I am new to. Um... This gentleman here, Tim Anderson, I, I was just researching some of his card sales and seeing, obviously, what's hot. And, you know, it's always clear that the Bowman Chrome stuff does well, regardless of, of the player. Bowman Chrome just vastly outperforms um, other releases. And I've talked about this in, a, in an earlier podcast. Um, and, you know, it's still very early in the season to gauge how well these guys are going to do. Look, you know, to your tone, like you were saying, if I could tell the future, I could, you know, make a better investment decision. Yada yada yada. Um, but you can kind of just go with the information you have at hand and make the best decision possible. Um, right. So this guy was, well, his first official professional year was in 2016. He looks like he's with the Chicago White Sox um, on contract signed through 2022 um and uh, you know it looks like he was i guess kind of under the radar in a way in, in, in a way um in, in in the last three years well actually if you count this one he's still very young 
you know, he's only he's only 24 years old. And so um, I was looking at some of his sales of his cards. Orange Refractor Autos from 2013 Bowman Chrome. You can find them as far back as there. So pre-rookie year stuff. And uh, uh, obviously that stuff's doing pretty well. You know, um, this month so far, Orange Refractor Autos selling 325, uh, 318. Um, uh, some offers have been accepted for gold and green refractors. Um, black refractor sold this month for 249. Um, so that you can get some of these lower serial numbered refractors uh, for a couple of hundred bucks right now. And and so, uh, you know, I, I guess signaling to the market, a, a lot of this stuff is buy it now, OBO, most of it buy it now. Last month, the stuff was cheaper, like 169, 179. So stuff's come up a little bit uh, this month, but obviously with the the season starting, and we're going to see a lot more action with this stuff, and, and as as it's as it's uh, listed and, and sold. Yeah, I think, and his prices might be affected, given his team context. He's overshadowed by a lot of um, highly touted young talent: Yuan Moncado, Jose Abreu, Lucas Giolito. They were all, you know, number one, number two prospects in their rookie years. Um, so I think he's sort of been sort of flying under the radar and I mean, if I had his cards, I would try and sell as much as possible and I own him in a couple of my fantasy leagues and I'm going to try and trade him away while his stock is still relatively high. Mm. I don't quite buy into him sustaining such product, uh, productive levels throughout the season. Um, that's just sort of the feeling I have and. Yesterday, he got into a, a little brawl with um, the catcher from the Royals and sort of just another red flag for me. He, may, he might not be at that maturity level that we know what it takes to play in the bigs. So. Well, we've, now, seen this, we've seen this before, right, okay. with guys that come up that are young. I mean, he's 24, so he's not coming up as, a, as an 18 or 19-year-old. He's, you know, he's, a, he's a man. Um, and so mm -hmm. we've seen some of this kind of behavior with, you know, some of our favorite guys now, like I remember when Bryce Harper came up, he had sort of like this, um, he had kind of an attitude problem that he had to work out uh, those first couple of years, you know, 20, uh, 12, 11, 12, and 13. He was working those things out. And as he's grown into his own, you know, as you grow up, you start to make uh, more uh, critically refined decisions uh, when it comes to conflict management. And so I, I don't hold these things against these players because they have to they have to go through a lot and they're under a lot of stress and anxiety a, a lot because their their incomes are based on their performance. So there's a lot of there's a lot of stress there and I understand that I get that. So I, I try to let that stuff go myself. So Ryan, tell me, you know, do you think that that Tim Anderson's maturity level is going to impede his ability to perform at a successful rate as so shortstop for the Chicago White Sox this year? I think it could be an issue, and as a fantasy owner, you're always thinking short-term in the 2018 season as opposed to collecting. You might you might think that he's going to be a, a great star over several years, so you want to buy his cards now. But from a fantasy perspective, if he's getting in brawls and getting suspended, he's not putting up numbers for me, and that's the exact opposite of what you want. So my strategy this week is to – maybe package Tim Anderson with another player and try and trade with uh, some other guys in my league and try and get some players back where I have a need. 
Yeah, that, so those, that's, are, those are good strategies. I think about, too, you know, playing time. You know, you say that t uh, Tim Anderson's overshadowed by guys like Abreu and, and Makata. Do you think that, you know, if he doesn't, obviously, if he doesn't get enough playing time, it's going to impede his ability to perform at any, at any level because he's not playing at all. Or he's going to be the second right. or, or third guy playing a little bit and in that case being undesirable as a fantasy baseball trade, right? Not, not something you want to acquire if the guy's not performing because he's not helping your team out. You know, does Tim Anderson have, uh, have I guess, some kind of probability that will disallow him from actualizing his full potential this year as a performer? Well, I think luckily for Tim Anderson, he plays on a team that's sort of going through a rebuilding process and they don't really have any other talented shortstops that they could throw out there and so if, if Tim Anderson played on another team you know he might be either in the minors or maybe he might be sitting on the bench waiting for someone to get hurt <laughs> but luckily the Chicago White Sox are, are full of young young guys and um there are no big free agents on the team, not a lot of money being thrown around. So this is sort of a good opportunity for him to shine. It's also a good good opportunity for the next guy on my list, Matt Davidson, to shine. Uh, he's a little older. He's 27, um, so that's two years older than, than Tim Anderson. But he had a really hot start to the season. Um, he's the DH for the White Sox, um, so he's hitting in the lineup right around Jose Abreu. It's a nice little one-two punch they have there. Um, but he's got nine home runs, and we're at the end of April now. So that's like fourth in baseball. You're, he's up there with guys like Mike Trout and uh, Bryce Harper. So it's pretty impressive. Yeah, this guy's interesting. He's t So he's 27. He's the oldest guy of the three that we're talking about tonight. This guy was cool because... He shows up in the 2010 Bowman Chrome set, which is one of my favorite sets of all time. Yeah, and, you have um, to go way back to find his stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you have to go real far back to find his his pre-rookie, you know, first Bowman card stuff. Um, great stuff to, to to find. You know, he's found he has the autograph parallel in that set too. His stuff's performing even stronger than Tim Anderson's stuff. Um, you know, uh, orange orange refractor auto sold March 31st for 419. Um, you know, another one that same day for probably something similar was it was an accepted offer. Yet another one. A lot of these orange refractors doing pretty well. Um, also, you know, if you can go even further back than that, he's in 2009 Bowman Chrome, right? He's he's even further. Really? Yeah, yeah. So actually, I think that's just a red refractor, not an auto. Uh, BGS 95 to five that sold in March 29th an accepted offer below 500 so his stuff is kind of like um i think still under the radar but if he keeps performing at the way he is this year we might see stronger numbers for some of these um some of these elusive refractors of 50 and less print run it's really interesting to see you know a lot of this stuff right now that, that we're looking at with the completed listings of his is are, are from march you know um and maybe it's and maybe that's signaling that people are hanging on to here's one from april 15th it's a uh, 2010 Bowman Chrome Gold Refractor Auto um, that sold for two 201, and so April 29th Orange Refractor was sold for 177. So it's like kind of prices are it, it appears they're kind of all over the board right now for his stuff, and maybe it's the volatility of his performance, like nine home runs right now, which is amazing. Uh, but you know, 
were those coupled into you know a couple of games where they like concentrated or where they spread out? I haven't really been following that. You know, that's something you know just to think about when I think about um, quantity up front, front loaded. How are they achieved? You know, how, how are the how are those stats garnered up front? You know, and can we is that something we can think about in terms of how we can look and prospect how the player is going to perform throughout the rest of the year? Yeah, it's. Um... I think one of the big reasons people are maybe a little hesitant about his early performance is his age. You know, if he's this good, why why wasn't he this good at age 24 or age 25? So when someone breaks out at age 27, I mean, maybe he's the real deal. Maybe he'll hit 40 home runs this year. But, um, you know, usually guys put it together a little younger. And um, I don't know his complete history, so maybe this is really the first time he's had a shot to um, be a full-time player on a team. I know the, the White Sox didn't draft him. I think he was acquired by them through a couple trades. Um, I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, he's a Diamondback in the 2010 Bowman Chrome. Well, so he, okay, so this is interesting because, you know, that that, that early pre-rookie year stuff, these guys, yes, yes, to, to, to answer your question, he was a Diamondback in 2010 Bowman Chrome, and he came up right. with the Diamondbacks in 2013 as his, first playing year um, with the the Diamondbacks and he actually played 31 games that year uh, which isn't a lot it's some with a 237 average uh, but and he skipped 14 and 15 but if you can f- you find him with the rookie card logo on his 2014 stuff you know that's that's it's considered his rookie year cards um, and but he actually missed 14 and 15 in baseball he was with the, He's been with the White Sox since 2016, and I think he actually broke out in 2017 when he was 26 because he played 118 games, and he had an average of well 220, but he hit 26 home runs. You know that's not completely horrifying, right? That's still strong, and we're still that's early. Good. We're still early in the 2018 campaign, so anything can happen this year. And obviously, his his average this year is already already very strong. Yeah, and I I don't know the exact stats on this, but I know. So- a lot of people are impressed with him because he's been teeing off against really tough pitchers. So it's not like he's uh, going deep off the the bottom of the rotation kind of arms. He's going up against the Corey Kluber types mm. in the AL Central, and he's he's having a lot of success. That's a really good sign. I mean, I think going forward, I'm, I'm much more optimistic about him than I am on Tim Anderson. Um, and I, I wish that I would have gotten on the Matt Davidson bandwagon just a few weeks ago, because now he is—he's uh, owned by a lot of fantasy owners, and I—I I doubt they'll be willing to give him up um, for cheap. Well, you know, if you look—if we look going back to the card market, his stuff is still relatively affordable. I say relatively because, you know, ninety bucks might be a lot to somebody, whereas it might be nothing to somebody else. You know, um, but you know, if if you're interested in that. You know, have a look at the market, see if there's a card that you can acquire that, that's somewhere in his rookie era. I say that because he shows up in like 09 Bowman Chrome all the way up to like, you know, rookie year stuff from 2014. So there's a lot to, to digest. There's a lot of options uh, for those of you that are interested in his stuff. We're not here to give you investment uh, advice, by the way. That's not our jobs. That's that's we're we're not qualified to give any investment advice. And we're not, I'm not going to do that. But I will say that there's there's a lot of great stuff out in the market for decision making, um, for choices, and you know it's just kind of nice to see that his stuff is selling well. But again, not dissimilar from Tim Anderson. A lot of buy it nows, OBOs, 
you know, lot, very few auction style listings. Um, and so that sometimes I see that as like, a, um, you know, the, the player uh, doesn't have as much marquee value as somebody who's got, um, uh, you know, a, a reputation over several years of advanced performance and results. So I see this as, you know, um, taking advantage of, of the market where they are right now to get a quick a quick profit, which is fine. You know, a lot of great deals can be had in those instances, but you have to also sift through a lot of overpriced items too to get to that point. So cool stuff, man. I'm glad we got to talk about uh, uh, Matt Davison. And, and it's nice to see that we're talking about two guys that are on the White Sox right now. Yeah, it's a fun team to watch. If I had more bandwidth in my personal life to follow a, a baseball team closely, I would probably um, go with the White Sox. Or with the Phillies, who uh, is the team that our next player plays for, Scott Kingery. Um, he uh, he was a guy that was on a lot of top lists, and so I think his card sales have always been somewhat strong because of that. Um, but he finally got some time to play at the beginning of April, and he had uh, a lot of early success, and so fantasy owners definitely hopped on him and he, he plays second base, which is sort of a, a premium position. There aren't a lot of um, top end second baseman out there. Um, so he's 24, he's young. He plays for a young team. Phillies, just like the White Sox are sort of going through this rebuilding phase. And so a lot of young players are, uh, are getting some time to shine. Yeah, this okay. So, so this guy is pretty cool. I mean, they're all great, right? But this guy—he's the youngest guy of the three guys we've talked about today. He's just ever so slightly younger than Tim Anderson, and uh, 2018 uh, appears to be his rookie year um, in baseball. But if you wanted to buy some of his stuff in previous, you know, installments of Bowman Chrome, you sure can. There's plenty of items available. Uh, and of the three guys we're talking about today, Scott Kingery, his uh, auction performance is the strongest of the three guys. You know, I'm looking right now at some of the stuff that's sold recently. April 15th, Black Refractor, number 35 from 2015 Bowman Chrome Autograph, sold for just shy of two grand at 1944 as a buy it now. Um, we have an auction style listing from April 16th, a gold uh, gold uh, refractor of the same card, twelve eighty one with eighteen bids. A couple of um, best offers that have been accepted, but below or around, I'd say probably one to two grand. So his stuff does pretty well presently, especially if we're looking at that twenty fifteen Bowman Chrome stuff. Now I didn't buy any twenty fifteen Bowman Chrome, so and I, I these three guys are actually news to me. I haven't really been following any of them at all. So this is. This is a learning experience for, for me as well, but it's nice to see that what's selling and not dissimilar from Matt Davidson or Tim Anderson. A lot of these listings are auctions or not are buy it nows. It's still very early in the season. Not a lot has been logged for him. This will be kind of an interesting year to see how these guys perform. He's he's with the shortstop with the uh, Philadelphia Phillies. Yeah, his. The guy that has the full-time job, J.P. Crawford, just went on the uh, the disabled list. So Kingery should have some more opportunity to string some games together. And it'll be interesting to see how they manage that if Kingery really does well and Crawford is healthy. 
you know, do you, do you give the job back to the starter or what do you, what do you do? That's, that's why I'm not a baseball manager. I wouldn't know what to do. Right. <laughs> right. Um, I'm sure they'll, they're, they're in good hands and they'll figure it out, but he's, um, he's sort of a, a shining hope over in Philly who, who hasn't had a lot of good news in recent years, at least in the baseball world. Gosh, but, yeah, I can't, I can't think of, off the top of my head, I can't think of somebody I remember recently being the Phillies superstar. You know, when I think of the Phillies, I think of guys like Pat Burrell and Mike Schmidt. You know, I like, I go back to like the 90s and then I go back to the 80s and then, you know, you can take it further back than that. You know, you can talk about like Steve Carlton for a half a minute. Uh, but, you know, I haven't really been following the Phillies and, and the, the, the guys they've been putting on their, their, their roster uh, Jimmy Rollins was a hot Philly in the '90s. I remember. <laughs> it's kind of Jimmy possible. Rollins. Um, well, they sort of fell down the, the trap that a lot of teams fall into. They they had some playoff success and they won the World Series um, one year, and so they started dealing out these huge contracts. Ryan Howard, Jimmy Rollins, um, the late great Roy Halladay, Cole Hamels. I mean, these, these guys oh, yeah, got paid right. so much. And, you know, once those contracts are to expire, they just do not taste good. And well, I mean, so, uh, there's OK. So this is this is another conversation entirely. If you have a really hot player on any team, if I'm a team manager and I've got a guy say it's going to five year, 10 year, let's say he's on a 10 year contract just for the sake of conversation. And in that 10 years, I get his best playing years of his life, his prime. I bought his prime from him when the 10 years passes. Knowing that he's passed his prime after the 10 years, it wouldn't make sense for me to sign him a second time. I can put that money towards somebody else to rebuy somebody else's prime, right? I can buy mm -hmm. some younger talents prime, invest. That's This is kind of how a lot of these teams are managed to like keep it going. Then you've got a guy who, like, say, Albert Pujols is approaching his contract expiration time with the Angels. Mm -hmm. You know, are they going to re-sign him again, knowing he's at the end of his career and at the end of his prime, even though he still performs pretty well? Or are they going to put that money toward a younger guy who's approaching his prime years? These are the questions that are that are had all the time with with managers um, and owners. All well, managers mostly, but this is the kind of stuff that happens, right? And then you got guys that kind of like they're into their prime, they're after. They're, they're, they're in free agency, and they kind of get shuffled around to various teams at the end of the career. It's happened to Frank Thomas, happened to Ken Griffey Jr. Um, it happens to, to key you know, major players, but it's not a bad thing. It's just the, the nature of the beast with, with performance as a natural course of aging uh, diminishes the quality of performance over time, and that's okay. And so you just kind of have to roll with it and see if you can keep playing baseball for as long as you can. I mean, heck, we're seeing this right now with Ichiro, right? I mean, he's in his 40s, you know? So interesting yeah. stuff to talk about for sure. And Ichiro says that he wants to play until he's 50. So. I, I hope he does. Honestly, <laughs> I, I really hope he does. You know why I hope he does? Because he, he has a chance of breaking a lot of records if he keeps playing. Because that's, yeah. another, that's another six years, right? And so we can see a lot to a lot from Ichiro in six years as long as he plays games as long as we play him if we don't play him he can't perform and he's just sitting so um these are good conversations to have we're a little off topic but I think it's this kind of fun things to talk about so um good stuff we talked about Tim Anderson a little bit his performance um you know he's still very young 
and he's a little overshadowed. We talked about Matt Davidson, who's coming up. He's an older guy. He's 27, uh, but certainly having a great year, and there's a lot of press, uh, potential there for him to have a, a high-performing year this year. And then Scott Kingery as as the youngest guy of the three guys who's doing who's pretty well right now. So, And, and on a team who needs to have... Uh, structured talent on their team with the with the uh, the Phillies. So, good stuff, Ryan. Thanks for sharing that with us. Do you have any final thoughts? I think we covered it all. So, okay. I, I hope the best for all these guys. It's going to be a fun season to watch. And uh, if you're looking for a team to follow this year, I think the White Sox and the Phillies would be a good bet. They're not going to win a lot of games, but you're going to see a lot of um, young talent start to grow and develop. Yeah, it'll be also be fun to watch card sales as they kind of come in and, 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 and yeah. happen, like auctions happen and, and see who's performing well. I look back as, you know, um, a lot of us probably do, and you know, wishing that we bought more packs of 2011 Tops Update, right? I mean, these are like, <laughs> these are like, like <laughs> things we're kind of kicking ourselves for because that, 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 that set is full of mega talent. And so it, it's fun to watch. Um, and prospecting is interest. It's interesting. I like it. I don't do enough of it myself, but I'm learning more and more about some of these guys that are coming up just from conversations with friends and whatever. So this was a good conversation to have. I'm glad we got to have it tonight. Thanks so much, Ryan. Yeah. Thanks, Patrick. All right. Thanks for tuning into radicards.com and until next time, enjoy collecting. If you like this content, please subscribe. Thank you. Enjoy collecting.